Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me. If you want to join the show, if you want to have a little conversation... You know the number, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. Although tonight, you know, I may not I may not get a lot of texts in. You never know. We'll see. Rhino's down there in Studio X. He's making sure everything is going the way that it should. And it feels like things might be finally be starting to turn around and go the way that they should for Mississippi State. A really good uh, weekend uh, this past weekend. We'll start in the the nebulous realm of the transfer portal. There it is. All right. Bringing in, not going out, bringing in Baylor quarterback Blake Shapin. Now, if you were listening to Sports Talk Mississippi on Friday, you heard that news break uh, in the final minutes of the show. Uh, so I spent the entire weekend, you know, talking to some folks and getting an idea of what was going on here. And what I was able to ascertain was that Shapin uh, reached out to Mississippi State, uh, reached out to Jeff Levy, and said, "I'm interested. I would, I, I would like to come and, and compete for a starting job there." And so. The thought process was kind of, let's get this guy in. If he's the only quarterback we get this cycle, then you know he'll compete for the starting job, and we'll see what happens. But he came to Mississippi State with the full knowledge that State would continue to recruit a transfer quarterback. So what I'm, I'm telling you right now is that there is a chance that Blake Chapin, Blake Chapin is your first quarterback in his QB1 next year that he is at the very least going to go into the spring and compete with Chris Parson for the starting job. Now, will there be a second guy there, a second transfer to to compete with him? That's the question we have to ask. And we have to ask what kind of quarterback that's going to be. Is that going to be one of the, the top targets? It appears that Kyle McCord is going off the board to Nebraska, although the news uh, that Dylan Rayola uh, may be flipping from Georgia to Nebraska. And if you follow high school recruiting closely, you know who that is. If you don't, he is the number one quarterback prospect in the country. Uh, he was committed to Nebraska. He flipped to Georgia. He moved to Georgia, and yet somehow Nebraska is going to flip him back. He obviously has family ties to Nebraska. The name Rayola may be familiar to you. Uh, a couple of them have played there through the years. So I don't know if that affects Kyle McCord or not, but I do know that Mississippi State and Kyle McCord are probably not going to be a connection there. There's DJ Ungalangalele. I think I said it right. Uh, he's visiting Florida State uh, this week. Uh, if he escapes that that visit uncommitted, there's a chance he might end up at Mississippi State on campus for a visit. 
Uh, but, again, that's one I, I think Florida State won't let him go. I don't think they're going to let him get off campus uncommitted. So then you might be looking at a younger quarterback, and State might try to find a high-ceiling guy, a guy who was a highly-rated quarterback out of high school that has been you know, not given an opportunity yet. The first name that pops out to me in that situation is Ty Thompson, who just left Oregon, which is where Dylan Gabriel is now. Dylan Gabriel was the Oklahoma quarterback that State had had a chance to bring to campus for a visit, but he went to Oregon on a visit, committed, and he won't be making the visit to Mississippi State. State was only in that that recruitment because Gabriel has such a close relationship with Jeff Levy, uh, but that was not enough to overcome the fact that at the end of the day, Oregon's going to be a national title contender next year, and Mississippi State is not. And, and Gabriel, in his final year in college, wanted to play for a winner. And Mississippi State quite simply couldn't offer them that at this time. So Thompson enters the transfer portal, and we'll see if he makes a, a trip to Mississippi State. This coming weekend is the weekend State's supposed to be transfer heavy. Last weekend was high school heavy. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. This weekend coming up is going to be transfer heavy. And I, I just don't know that Mississippi State fans truly understand how many transfers State needs to get in between now and the start of the 2024 season. When I tell you that number is close to 30, I'm really not exaggerating. And I'm not just talking about guys to provide depth. State needs people who can come in and provide starting quality play, quarterback, running back, at least one receiver, tight end, Although they have a tight end transfer from last year, I think a lot of us have forgotten about Sadu Traore. Offensive line, they probably need a couple of guys there, at least a couple guys. Defensive line, probably need a couple guys there. Linebackers, you got to replace Watson and Johnson somehow. Need at least one of those guys there. In the secondary, they probably need two or three guys back there. They could probably use a new punter, to be totally honest with you. The Keelan Crimmins, Crimmins experiment didn't really work last year. Uh, place kicker, thankfully, looks like it's in good hands with Kyle Ferry as a freshman, so he, he should be there. But state, I mean, just, just that's just guys who that's the positions that they need starters. Never mind that they need more depth at, at all of those positions as well. So, you know, the list of visitors for this weekend for state, I, I think the last time I checked, there's only like ten or twelve guys. By the end of the week, they need to have twenty five, thirty guys on campus, and I don't know how that works in terms of. Uh, I don't know how how it, it works in terms of what's the word I'm looking for. You know, how do you recruit like that? How do you recruit with that many guys on campus? You certainly can't be giving them all of the uh, the attention that they would want. But I, I, at the same time, you got to get these guys on campus. The good news with the transfer portal is that signing day, which is one week from today. Yes, the portal doesn't really affect that, right? You have until classes start if you want to get these guys in for the spring semester. So you got until mid, you know, middle of late January. So you got plenty of time. But and I understand that Mississippi State fans, I understand you see Ole Miss, they're bringing in transfers. The things you've got to realize is a lot of your transfer portal recruiting, and I'm not again, I'm not claiming anybody's, you know, uh, uh. Breaking rules. I'm just saying that a lot of that's done in the season. You start, you know, putting out feelers to to certain people who talk to other people who talk to other people. And state didn't have that working for them this year because Zach Arnett was was getting fired. You know, a lot of your, a lot of this was done in early November, and now you can't do that now. So state's sort of behind the eight ball. 
And so what I'm going to say today, and I'm going to continue to say it throughout the, the next few months going in as we get to, to August and September, is that in 2024, Jeff Levy is going to have to win some games from coaching because he's not going to be able to win a lot of games from talent. And if you go back and look at Dan Mullen's first year, he did that. That Ole Miss team that he beat, they were more talented than his team. I don't know that Kentucky necessarily wasn't a lot more talented than Mississippi, or Mississippi State was a lot more talented than Kentucky that year. But they found a way to win those those five games. So State this year, they should be able to win their non-conference games. And then you look in the conference, Arkansas, I don't think Arkansas is great. A&M. Florida, I mean, those are teams that, you know, those are the teams that didn't make, you know, Arkansas and and Florida teams that didn't make a bowl game with you this year. So how much better or worse are they? I don't know. It's going to be very, it's going to be an interesting uh, season for Jeff Levy because he's going to have to outcoach some teams to get wins for Mississippi State. He's going to have to be able to look at Mississippi State's roster and win with it and hope that he's able to show enough, the way Dan Mullen was in his first year, to give the fans the hope that they need, but not only that, to give recruits the hope and the ability to say, okay, I can go to Mississippi State and be successful. You look at Dylan Gabriel, I mean, that guy was the ceiling for Mississippi State. That was the best quarterback prospect they could have possibly gotten. And they, it was going to be a very, very, very tough sell for them to get him. Because he wants to win in his final year. Never mind that you know Oregon's closer to home, and, and that Oregon was the home of Marcus Mariota, his idol. <laughs> Never mind all that. Oregon's just a better football team than Mississippi State is in 2023, 2024. There's no getting around that fact. So this is going to be a year. This is going to be a rebuilding year, guys. This is you know if, if this show existed in, in December of 2008, that's what I would be telling you then. Coming out of Croom and into Mullen, and that's kind of where we are right now. Coming out of Arnett and into to Levy, and you hope that Levy is as good a coach, play caller, developer of talent that Dan Mullen was. And what you also hope is that Levy is a better recruiter than Dan Mullen was, and the early signs on that are that he is. So let's talk more about that in just a minute because Mississippi State, from the high school recruiting perspective, had a very successful weekend last weekend. Brought in some new players, brought in some new, got some new commitments, and more, and also made some some good work up with some guys that may commit down the road to them. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
you haven't already, please subscribe to the Super Talk, I'm sorry, the Thunder and Lightning podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts from, or it's available every day. Right here at supertalk.fm, which is a great website to bookmark for news, sports, opinion, weather, everything going on in our great state. And, of course, a lot of good stuff on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, a lot of great interviews. And as we're getting ready for uh, for signing day, just a week away from today, this today, one week from today is signing day. So that that podcast or that, that show, that live show, will be all about recruiting all the guys State's bringing in um, to the 2024 class, of which they made some uh, some improvements uh, this past week, perhaps uh, a little musical number here. All right, where to begin? Let's start at the big position. Let's start with quarterback. Uh, we talked a little bit about this kid last week, Michael Van Buren. Here's his situation. Committed to Oregon. It all comes back to Oregon somehow. Uh, was committed to Oregon, but had a good relationship with Jeff Levy while he was at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma was his runner-up. What I've learned from this is the kid didn't want to go to Oklahoma because as soon as Jeff Levy got the Mississippi State job, he uh, immediately decommits from Oregon, sets up a visit to Mississippi State, and commits to Mississippi State when he gets home on Sunday afternoon. So four-star quarterback, played for a team. You're going to look at his team's record and go, well, they're not very good. They play one of the hardest high school schedules in the country. They, they travel the country and play top teams from all across the nation. A good athlete, I, I mean, you know, you look at his size and like your, your first thought once you want it to be like Kyler Murray or something. I'm not going to compare a kid to a Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who was the number one pick in the draft. But that's what that's, you know, that's the build right there. So not a, you know, not a prototypical pocket passer, a good guy, an athlete, guy who can move around, make some plays with his arms, make some plays with his legs. That's going to be very critical in this offense for, for Jeff Levy. So state's able to add him to the, uh, the 2024 class. Always good to get their quarterback in, especially, you know, you go back to last week when they let Josh Flowers decommit. I mean, all their eggs were in this kid's basket. If he had come to Mississippi State and not, not been impressed and not wanted to play for, for Jeff Levy, State would be really struggling right now trying to find a guy to come in. So good job by the, by the staff to get that guy uh, in and taken care of. Then two receivers are added to the class. The first one from Mississippi, uh, San Frisco McGee from Macomb. I'm telling you right now, guys, that has been messing with me so much for the past uh, past few days is that this kid, his last name is McGee, but he's from Macomb. I said on the podcast that the only thing that would have made it worse if he was from Mendenhall. But regardless, San Francisco McGee, three-star receiver out of Macomb High School, was previously committed to Ole Miss, uh, decommitted from them of a couple weeks ago, now in this class. As we talked about on last week's show, we're not, we're not going to call that a flip. You could say you got him from Ole Miss if you want to put it that way. But we're not calling it a flip. It was not instantaneous. So he's added to the class. He's a guy, if you go back to the summer, there was a lot of smoke that he was going to commit to Mississippi State. And then kind of out of nowhere, boom, he's committed to Ole Miss. Um, but he finds his way back to this class, as a lot of people thought that he would. And then uh, Mario Craver, four-star receiver out of Clay Chalkville High School. He just led his team to a state championship. He actually played in the state championship game in Alabama, which is played at Alabama's campus in Tuscaloosa. Friday night, got in the car, immediately headed to Starkville, 
So came in as a state champion. Congrats to him. Uh, a speedster. 5'11", 165. He's going to be a slot guy in, in this kind of offense. The, those are the receivers that you want to get. You know, you want to have those guys who can go deep and those guys who can make big plays on short passes. That's what Craver is hopefully going to give Mississippi State. When you look at the wide receiver group, and I'm going to talk about another guy in just a second here, but J.J. Harrell, Mario Craver, San Francisco McGee, keeping Chad Bumpus on this staff was a huge reason for that success in this particular position group. He is doing a great job of connecting with these young receivers in the state. He happened to come in in a year where there's a good bumper crop of them here in this state. Um, but to get them on board it was very good. So that's so state gets those guys committed and in the boat. Uh, they had a few other visitors as well, and two of them also on the offensive side of the ball are kind of where you're going to have to focus your attention for the next, not just for another seven days, but for a few weeks after that. Daniel Hill, running back out of Meridian, and Stonka Burnside, wide receiver right here in Starkville, just down the street at Starkville High. Both you you would say I would say Stonka Burnside is a Mississippi State lean. I might go so far as to say one of my least favorite terms in the recruiting business, which is private commitment. I can't stand private commitment, but but it is what it is. He uh, all, all indications are he will rejoin this class. You might remember he was committed to Mississippi State, committed on the same day as JJ Harrell, and then decommitted. Uh, the week of the, ooh, was that Auburn? Kentucky game. Week, week after the Kentucky game. And I'll be honest, all indications were he was going to pull an A.J. Brown and end up at Ole Miss. Jeff Levy comes in, keeps Chad Bumpus on staff, gets some momentum, and now it, it, they pulled him back into the class, it, it appears. Daniel Hill is a running back out of Meridian, an incredible athlete, one of the top runners in the state this year. And a player that for the last year, Mississippi State has tried desperately to get onto this campus and could not. Had no interest in Mississippi State whatsoever. Just none. Again, enter Jeff Levy, enter a coach that has a reputation and it has a resume that, that, that offense is his forte. And you're not only able to get his interest, but you're able to get him on campus and have moved into his top three. If you had to ask me what that top three is, it's Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State. If he could commit to Alabama today, he would. I, that is that is my opinion of the situation. But Alabama is Alabama, and they've got other guys in front of him, and so that that's probably not going to be the case for him. So it's between Mississippi State and South Carolina. State has made up a ton of ground. I just don't know. that They had to make up ground, if that's the issue. South Carolina was ahead. Have you made up enough to be ahead of them? I don't know the answer to that. That would be a big-time recruit. Because State needs a, needs an explosive running back, right? Woody Marks is out. I like Jeff Pittman. I like Seth Davis. I think they've got some some potential. But, you know, you don't have you don't have a, a, a stud in there. And Daniel Hill would provide you that. You look at the pictures of this kid, he does not look like a, a high school senior. He looks like a, a, a guy who should be going into the NFL draft. He's a big kid. So really successful weekend in terms of, of flipping some perceptions around and flipping around and getting some guys into this class. State just needed some momentum in this class. And now, you know, if you look at the 24-7 composite rankings, I think they're at 34, 35 now. I mean, if they get Burnside, if they can get Hill and then fill in the class with a few more guys, 
they're going to be a top 25 class. And I would never have thought that a few weeks ago with Zach Arnett. You know, that class was trending towards, I mean, J.J. might have stayed in, but I don't know about the rest of them. I don't know if a guy like Terrence Hibbler would have stayed in. It looks like he's done taking visits, and he's going to be locked in at this point. I don't know if Jimothy Lewis would have stayed in. Looks like State's in pretty good footing with him. It's recruiting, so you never know, but it feels like the state, this state class will end up in as a top 25 class, and that's a big win for Jeff Lebby in, in year one, considering what this class was when he arrived. Um, they'll have a few more high school kids on campus this weekend, and it's also the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game this weekend. Uh, so you will see... Uh, you might see some of some of those players once that game is done headed back up here to Starkville for unofficial visits. A guy like JJ Harrell, who's been sort of the ringleader of recruiting kids in this class, uh, might make a, a return trip. Robbie Falk, my podcast partner, says it all the time: watch the visits. So who goes where, who does what with with whom? That's how you can sort of track things. So Stonker Burnside says he's done taking visits. Right? Says he's done doing interviews. He's done with all that. He he'll announce. Oh, that's the other. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's the other side of this. Hill and Burnside scheduled to make their announcements at the Under Armour All American Game, which is January the third. So, very possible that on signing day they sign or they they are announced by no one. So, just you know, if they don't visit other places, state should be in good shape. But if they do, then they won't be. So keep an eye on that. But that's going to be a hard three weeks for people as you're just like, are they, are they, are they signing? Are they committed? What's going on here? I, I, you're just going to have to wait. Got to give those guys their moment. All about giving the, the kids their moment right there. You don't want to, you don't want to be the person who jumps ahead and, and makes a, uh, you know, report something before the kids had a chance to do it himself. So good weekend for recruiting in, in Mississippi State. All right. When we come back, they've just announced the, uh, the schedule. For Mississippi State in 2024. The dates are locked in. When do you need to book a hotel room? I'm going to tell you when we come back in just a moment. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi on a Wednesday evening. As always, I thank you guys for joining me. All right, get on the horns. Let's start booking hotel rooms. We've got the 2024 schedule with all the dates finally here in front of us here. And my goodness, what an ordeal this has been. This schedule, the 2023 schedule was put out in August of, or sorry, mid-September of 2022. I just, just, just put it out. What's the, what's the big deal? What's the, what's the issues? I don't know. All right, if you if you already you should have already known the first three weeks they've been locked in for quite a while. Uh, State will start the season on the thirty first of of August against Eastern Kentucky. 
Which, by the way, uh, Michael Borky says it best with that game. First game for Jeff Lebby showing off that offense against an FCS team. I'll take the over. He'll put points up. They're on the road in week two at Arizona State out in Tempe. I'm sure that won't be 112 degrees. And then back home on the 14th to play Toledo, uh, which is a really good team this year. I don't know what they're going to look like next year, but that was a fantastic team up in the MAC this year. And then conference play begins. There's only one more non-conference game. That's on. The, that's to start the month of November. 11-2. That game is against UMass. So here's the conference schedule and the dates. The 21st of September, Florida comes to Mississippi State for the first time since uh, 2018, since the return of Dan Mullen, the first time the Gators have been to Starkville. By the way, I want to point out that the state has still not been to Florida since uh, 2010. I want to point that out. On the 28th of September, goodness, here it is, at Texas, a Mississippi State-Texas game in the SEC I'm excited. I'm go- I think I'm going to go. I think I need to go out to the 40 acres for that one, get some barbecue, enjoy myself. I think, I think I'm excited for that. So you've got, what, three home games in the first, basically the first month of the season because you have the 31st of August. And this past year you had four, as you recall. Then you have the open date. And then you're at Georgia. So here's how that went, right? At Texas, all right, take a week off, rest up, because you're going to Georgia the next week. Yeah. Playing along, I, 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 three and three, I, I have trouble seeing State be starting off 4-0. At Arizona State or Florida, they'll drop one of those games. So three and three at that point. Then you get three straight home games. You have Texas A&M on the 19th. Arkansas on the 26th, and UMass on the 2nd of November. You can get get two of those games. So now you're at five, if if things are good, right? November the 9th, traveling to Knoxville to play the Volunteers. First trip up there since 2019. And then the second open date of the season. Remember, anytime the season starts in August, you're going to get a second open date. So State will be off on November the 16th. 11-23, they're at Missouri. I'm sorry, Missouri is in Starkville. So State played Missouri in the COVID year in 2020. And then on the Mississippi State schedule, as of now, it's scheduled on my birthday, November 30th, to play Ole Miss. That's a Saturday. That's still in flux. I just want want you to be clear about that. That's still in flux that that game could end up on Thanksgiving. Ole Miss is saying it's on Thanksgiving, so I, I... I don't know, guys. Have more clarity, hopefully, down the road. So let's just go over that again. Week one, starting on the 31st of August, Eastern Kentucky, at Arizona State, Toledo, Florida, at Texas, open date, at Georgia, Texas A&M, Arkansas, UMass, at Tennessee, second open date, Missouri, and then the Egg Bowl. Guys, first off, I mean, let's just be honest. That's a brutal schedule. There's no getting around that, right? I mean, you you, you swap. If we're telling me you swapped out Alabama and LSU for Georgia and Texas, you lost on that deal. I'd much rather play LSU than Georgia or Texas, even though it would be at LSU. And, and both those games are on the road, by the way. So, yeah, I would rather I'd rather have LSU on the schedule. Sands, Jaden Daniels. I'm sure that I'm not saying LSU won't be good, but I think Texas and 
Texas and Georgia will be better. But State can win their non-conference games to get to four. So can they get can they get two wins in there? Can they get two wins to go to six and six? And as you look at it right now, Florida was five and seven this year. They're not a whole lot better than Mississippi State. That game's in Starkville. Arkansas should be the worst team in the conference after Vanderbilt this year. That game's in Starkville. You can win that game. And oh, y'all, y'all go ahead and get upset. Go ahead and get upset when I say this, but. I mean, this is a 10-win Ole Miss team and a terrible Mississippi State team, and Ole Miss won by 10. Don't tell me that State can't improve enough to go up to Oxford next year and find a way to win. Missouri, is Missouri a one-year flash in the pan? I don't think they are. They're recruiting pretty well. Six and six would be a a big accomplishment for this Mississippi State team, I think. To get to a, a bowl game in year one would be really, really good for the Bulldogs. It would show you a lot... Of of potential, the same way you think back to, to Mullins' first year, right? And you, you watch that team play, and going into the Egg Bowl, you're like, okay, they were four and seven. You're like, ah, oh, you know, it's been a tough year, but they they're, they're clearly better. They're going to continue to improve. Then they won the Egg Bowl, and you're like, wait a minute, now they're off and running. And you know, from there, you, you know where that that program went under Dan Mullen. So Levy needs to try to find that similar kind of success. Win your non-conference games. Be better in all, you know, you don't want to lose the games. You don't want to be scoring 27 points over a four-game spread. You want to be scoring 27 points in a game. Maybe more. You know, if you lose, this is a, sort of the same thing I said with Mike Leach. I said, if you expect to lose some games, you know, 42-38, stuff like that. If that's the case, so be it. But at the same time, these are some fun, you know, the road trips in here are fun. At Arizona State, that's, I mean, how often do you go out to Tempe? At Texas, that's a great place to watch college football. State fans have kind of had their fill of Georgia. This is what State's third trip to Georgia uh, in five years. State went, what, 17? I guess that's longer than that now, seven years. They went in 17, they went in 20, and now they're going this year, 2024. At Tennessee, it's fun. Tennessee's a, a, a cool place to go. I had a good time up there the last time I went. And then the Egg Bowl is the Egg Bowl, you know. I feel like when you go to either person who likes, they, I love to go to the Egg Bowl in Oxford, or I, I'd never go to the Egg Bowl in Oxford. Those are the only two types of state fans. They're not those who are like, hey, I go every now and then in Oxford. It's either I'm always there or I'm never there. I am an always there person. I'm trying to see, do I believe in six and six? I, it's going to be tough. I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. Because, you know, I don't know what this team is yet. I don't know who the starting quarterback for this team is yet. I don't know who the starting running back is yet. I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know. I mean, I'm, you're asking me to make a prediction. I guess you're not really asking me. I'm, I'm asking myself, aren't I? But I'm asking myself to make a prediction when I know who maybe like half of the roster is right now. You know, this is not this, that's the, the biggest difference in Mullen's first year versus this is that Mullen walked into a team that had a lot going for it, right? Look, think about that that team defensively. Even before you added the freshmen like Josh Camp Boyd and Fletcher Cox and, and Jonathan Banks, you know, you, you kind of knew what you had there. You had KJ Wright, you had Kyle Love, um, you had um, oh, got Charles Mitchell. You know, you had you had you had some players there for sure. Um, offensively, you had Booby Dixon. To, to work with. You had Derek Sherrod and J.C. Brignoni and, and those guys anchoring and, and Addison Lawrence Lincoln anchoring that offensive line. You don't really have that this year. 
So it's going to be. That's why I keep I keep coming back to it. I'm, I'm going to be. You're going to be hearing this. This is going to be a phrase you hear from me a lot from today going into uh, preseason camp next year and into the season. Is that Jeff Levy? Jeff Levy is going to have to coach Mississippi State to wins in year one. Next year, the talent should be better if he can show that he's he's winning here. If he can show improvement, if he can show prospects that hey, you can come to Mississippi State, we can win games, and you can get big numbers. This is a year where he's going to have to really work hard to uh, to win games because he, he's going to out, have to outcoach some guys. The good news in there is, by the way, these games that I'm talking about, these toss-up kind of games, I think Levy is a better coach than Billy Napier. I think he is a better coach than Sam Pittman. We'll see about Mike Elko. Elko will certainly have a lot of talent, but a lot of his talent's in the portal right now as well. Heupel, I mean, he he and Heupel, he's got, I, I just, I just, that just occurred to me that in year one he faces two of his former mentors, Josh Heupel and uh, Lane Kiffin. And both of those games are on the road. So there it is. That's your 2024 schedule. Obviously a lot of great games. The addition of Texas and Oklahoma has, has provided us with so many great games. You know, we, We've got Alabama-Oklahoma this year. We've got Georgia-Texas this year. Ole Miss gets Oklahoma this year. Uh, they're they're coming to Oxford, so that's 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 exciting for them. This is just a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. So there it is, your 2024 schedule. Book your hotel rooms now if you haven't already, and get on top of it. All right, guys, back in just a minute, and we will wrap up with a little basketball. They've tipped off at the hump, Mississippi State versus Murray State, and uh, I think they're in a good spot. This team. We'll talk about them big, big picture stuff when we come back. It's Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Let's wrap things up here on Thunder and Lightning here on a Wednesday night, Super Talk, Mississippi. Rhino down there in Studio X, as always, has done a fantastic job. I would grade him 10 out of 10. Me, eh, probably closer to a 6. Uh, MSU basketball, game just getting underway over at the hump uh, with Murray State. Played really well on Saturday, though. Uh, you know, we, you hear the term "get right" game. Well, when you when you can go up seventeen to two in the first like five minutes of the game, that's probably a good sign that you've gotten right. And what I thought that showed was the 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 the, the ability of a great coach to get his team back on track. Bad coaches let teams go off the rails. Good coaches see a, a trouble spot and immediately take the, the steps to, to, to avert disaster. And that's what Jans did last uh, Saturday. It was obvious 
from the way they were watching that team play that they had been uh, practiced hard the previous week coming out of that loss to Southern. And so now they sit with their net, had a very good 30. I mean, it, uh, gosh, if they, did, they didn't have a quad four loss, guys, they'd be in the top 15 probably. But they're in a spot where if they just continue to win the games they're supposed to win, they're going to be fine. They're going to be a 5-6 seed in the NCAA tournament. They're not going to have to worry about any play-in games. And you just kind of go from there. And the, the good news continues to come out on Tolu Smith. If, Tolu Smith, let me say. That uh, if you if you heard uh, Chris Jans' uh, comments from Monday at his press conference, he talked about Tolu getting out on the court and doing a little bit of work there. They're still building back up to giving him some, giving him some contact. But... Could be back before the start of SEC play, which would be fantastic for Mississippi State. And also of note, the the women got a big win. Uh, uh, it was that Monday night against Kennesaw State that saw Jessica Carter back on the court, and she was dominant in that game. The women, yeah, they're very very talented. But when you're missing your two best front court players and your head coach, it's gonna be tough to win. It just it just is. So good win for them. One other thing to talk about with the men's team though is Josh Hubbard. What a player this kid is. As exciting a, a freshman as I can remember in quite some time at Mississippi State, you know, especially in terms of, like when I say exciting, you know, Quindary Weatherspoon had a fantastic freshman year at Mississippi State. But when I use the word exciting, you know, to describe him, I don't know if, if that's the case or not. Maybe Jamont Gordon, you go back to him, but this is a kid, you can see it that he's got the game that as he continues to improve over the next, you know, hopefully a year or so. I don't know how long he'll be at Mississippi State. I don't know that he's a one and done, but I, I mean, I would be surprised if we got you saw more than two, three years out of him. But he is a he's a pure shooter, exciting, can score off the dribble, can get to the rim and create his own shot. Very, very good basketball player. Uh, got some real tough competition for SEC freshman of the year. You got the kids up at, at Kentucky with, with with Reed Shepard and Dillingham. Uh, you've got Holloway over at Auburn, who was the SEC Freshman of the Week this past week. Good young players in the SEC this year, but but he is definitely one of them. And he, I don't know how you're going to continue to tweak the lineup. You know, do you do you end up putting him in as a starter, or you just say, look, we're going to give you starters minutes, but you're going to come off the bench and give us that spark? I don't know. I thought I thought it was smart with with Jans and what he did, uh, tweaking the lineup and, and putting Shaq Moore back in there as a starter. I just think Shaq Moore deserves to start. You know, he got he had the the disciplinary issues early in the season, but now, uh, you know, he looked like himself on Saturday against Tulane. But everybody did, everybody did, and don't don't doubt how impressive that win is over Tulane. That's a team that can score. And state, I know you're thinking, well, they gave up 76 points, guys. State took the the foot off the gas real early in the second half. They could have won that game by 50 points, no question. They they were hitting everything they threw up. They were getting stops every stop every trip down to the court. And they just, you know, at some point they were just like, we can relax. We've got this game in hand. And they still won by 30. You know, you hear the, the, the phrase, the game doesn't show you how, uh, how close it was or how bad it was. That was one of those. That 30 point win doesn't explain how bad, a, 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 how bad state won that game. Could have easily won by 45, 50 points. So really good win for the Bulldogs. We'll see if they can follow it up tonight playing, um, Murray State. I'm having some trouble with the live stats here. So I don't know, uh, exactly what's going on over there. I, I hope they're winning. Be pretty bad to come back and be like, oh, all that stuff I just said, never mind. Uh, never mind. All right, uh, tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi, back with you there. Thunder and Lightning podcast, back with you there. We'll, re- we'll talk more about the uh, the Mississippi State schedule. We'll talk a little bit more about this basketball game, obviously, uh, as well. And then uh, we'll 
Friday on Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm not going to be there. So if you're one of those people who are like, man, I sure do love the show, but I only like Hey Dad, well, I got bad news. I'm, I'm not going to be there on, on Friday's show. So. So be it. Guys, I want you to have a great Wednesday night. Back with me on Thursday. Looking forward to that. Thanks to uh, our friends over at Stone Jewelers for ho- hosting us today uh, at for Sports Talk Mississippi. Had a great time there in the fine city of Tupelo. For Rhino down in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.